Welcome to the Two Preachers Podcast, a podcast where we are two preachers talking, just trying to figure this thing out. My name is Ben James. I am joined in studio by my friend, by the man, the myth, the legend, the ninth wonder of the world, Josh Schmidt. Josh, welcome, man. Thanks, Ben. I am glad to be your friend and didn't know that I was the ninth wonder of the world, but I assume I'll get a certificate soon. Listen, it's early in the day. You've already learned something new, whether you wanted to or not. Josh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so like Ben said, I'm Josh Schmidt. I'm the pastor of First Baptist Church Grayson in Grayson, Kentucky. Uh, Ben and I share the same community and uh, both have a heart to serve in this community. I've been the pastor now for about two years. Um, and I'm still uh, been, as it turns out, finding ways to make people upset and almost getting fired constantly. <laughs> now it's been a blessing, man. My wife's from Grayson, and I've been in Grayson for about 10 years now, serving as the senior pastor of this church for a little over two. I was actually in a career of banking, uh, believe it or not, before that, uh, and God called me out of a career of investments and new accounts and things like that to preaching, uh, and I haven't looked back yet. It's been a blessing, brother. That's awesome. So, um, you know, my name is Ben, Ben, ben James. Uh, I am pastor of First Church of Christ here in Grayson. We are three blocks away from one another, I think, with our churches. I have been in ministry for a little over 20 years now of some capacity, some sort, lead pastoring 15, 14, 15 of those. I have uh, pastored in multiple areas, you know, different parts of the state of Kentucky, down into North Carolina, uh, and am now home. I am a Graysonite. Amen. I was born, raised, yeah, cut my teeth on the pews in Carter City, Kentucky. If you're familiar with that area, but um, I, you know this is this is my home. Yeah. Uh, always has been. Uh, hopefully, always will be. Who knows what God has in store? But that's at least my plan for right now. I've been pastor here at FCC, senior pastor for about a year now. I've been in this place, serving at this church for nearly five years. I was family life slash executive pastor. Uh, for a while before that, and then you know, going even further back than that, I was senior pastor at multiple locations. Um, we are, um, you know, we're we're just kind of here, uh, working this thing out together. Yeah. Um, we um, we are friends. We work out together. Of the mornings, uh, Josh throws things at me quite frequently. I am married to the lovely Kimberly. Um, she and I have been married. Uh, since 1998, so coming up on 22 Mercy. years now, we have a daughter who is in her heading into her junior year of college, and um, we're just we're we're loving where we're at, man. Amen. God is good; He has blessed us beyond far beyond anything we deserve, and uh, He just keeps getting better. Amen. Uh, so we're just glad to be here with you. Amen. Uh, I've been married to my wife Lauren now for uh, almost seven years. And we have a son, Benjamin. It's a good name. It's, it's a, a strong name. name right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, well, it is. we named him after you. Yeah, I, I uh, thought so. You know. Um, and he's a little tornado right now, so we're in this new stage of life. He's getting ready to turn two. Uh, so everything, as it turns out, in our home is destructible, and he has the ability to destroy it. <laughs> Childproof homes are a myth. Yeah. They're, they're a myth. So I'm hoping over the next couple of weeks and months and however long we decide this to do this podcast, years, yeah. decades, been, yeah. however long it takes, um, that I'll pick up some parenting advice from you, learn how to be a better father, and uh, learn how to parent your namesake, Benjamin. Yeah, well, that's there's no pressure there, but uh, 
there's there's a lot of pressure. Uh, yeah, and there you will definitely learn some parenting. Um, you you can learn from my mistakes. Yeah. Um, so I have a lot of wisdom that is um, in the uh, hindsight category of being 2020. So what would you say, Ben? Uh, I think our listeners are probably wondering even now why, why are we listening to this? <laughs> These are definitely two per, two preachers. What's the, what's the purpose of this podcast? Why is it that we decided? You think to get together and talk about uh, the life of ministry and church and, and different things? Yeah. Well, as I as I was thinking about this, I don't think that this is this podcast is necessarily um, necessary now that I have an Austin mm. Powers moment of there allow myself to introduce I like it. myself. Um, I, I don't think it's necessary, but I think it's productive. Mm. I think it will be beneficial. I think it will be practical and it will be encouraging. Uh, I think it's going to be encouraging to us, to you and I, but to our listeners, we are um, we're, we're targeting church leadership, targeting pastors, ministers, um, people who are endeavoring uh, to faithfully serve Christ while serving his body as, as a leader, as a pastor, as a minister, and just learning from some of the things that we're going through, some of the things we've gone through, and, and hopefully uh, you know, maybe becoming a little bit better at what we're getting ready to go through. Uh, because this is, I think at the end of the day when we boil it down, we want to glorify God in this. And if there's any way that we can help be an encouragement, a resource uh, to those around us, those that may be listening to this, um, you know, number one, you're not on an island. That's right. It feels that way. It seems that way. Uh, but there are others out there who have either gone through or are going through the same thing that you are, and we hope to be part of that tribe in your life. That's right, and I'm I'm really excited for this, Ben, because um, I just want our listeners to know that Ben has been in ministry just about as long as I've been alive, which means that he's uh, old and has a lot of experience. So I'm hoping to steal some of that, not the old part, but the experience <laughs> part. I'm hoping to steal some of that and be a better pastor and a better husband and a better friend and a better church member myself. And so um, our prayer for you is that as you're listening to this, this would be edifying to you in your current ministry context. It's not necessarily just for preachers. This is for a lot of different people serving in ministry or in the church or in any sort of arena of, of life. And so we're praying that this is beneficial for you. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So let's talk a little bit, kind of a, this is going to be introduction slash kind of working into our first topic here today. And we're going to talk to you a little bit about servant leadership, being a servant and how critical that is to being a successful leader for Christ in your church. Um, so, Josh, I'd like to open it up to you. What, what in your couple years? Because, listen, I'm just going to be honest with you. I think that you um, have a blueprint of servant leadership from one of the best that I've ever seen at it, and that was your father, yeah. Paul, who uh, pastored at First Baptist here in our community right. for several years. So, so speak to kind of what servant leadership means to you and maybe what you've gleaned from your father watching sure, him. Sure, like Ben, like Ben said, my father was a longtime pastor 
uh, served for 35 years in the pastorate. Wow, I was yeah. marveling on this the other day, Ben. His first church, he pastored at the age of 18. And uh, I can't imagine all the mistakes that I would have made at 18 mm-hmm. pastoring. It's God's providence that maybe he didn't give me a church to pastor then. But um, just watching his example of making others more important than himself. Um, one of the things he told us continuously, it was like one of his creeds almost, we would go out and be in, in you know, at the grocery store or at the restaurant, uh, and he would always speak to every single person that he saw there, uh, and he would always say, make everyone feel important, especially those who can't do anything for you. Mm-hmm. And so good. It's an awesome, so uh, an awesome thing that we've tried to pass on to our son, Benjamin, and um, you know, it's it's not that we're looking to glean things from people or we're g- trying to use them up. Our responsibility is to serve them as Jesus served us and as we're called on to serve the church. And so that's what we've been trying to do at First Baptist Grace. And I'm not always perfect at it, Ben. Uh, I assume that your example at First Church of Christ isn't always perfect as well. No, not near. But um, we try our best. And so I think servant leadership really is leading a servant. I know that sounds so simple. But it's deciding that I'm going to put others' interests before my own for the glory of God. Amen. Amen. I think that uh, let's. I know that both of us have a couple scriptures that yeah. uh, that, that really kind of reinforce this because ultimately our source is Jesus Christ. Amen. If if we're going to be effective leaders, listeners, whatever area you're leading in, if you are going to be an effective leader for Christ, then he needs to be your example and lean on him and his strength and his ability in you. Now, you're going to hear pages turning. We we are believers in real Bibles in here. Amen. That's Amen. all right. We, we don't yet have interns for the show who could turn these pages for us. <laughs> we'll work on that. Yeah, next episode maybe. Put that on the list of goals for the podcast. Um, but you know, when we look at Jesus' life, yeah. I think that from beginning to end, he encapsulates what a servant leader is. But one of the passages that really stood out to me and stands out to me in regard um, to being a leader – who is service-driven, is I think John chapter 13. Uh, this is where uh, Jesus is getting ready. You know, This is basically the Thursday before he is arrested on Friday. And he's having this moment. It's the Passover feast with his disciples. And they walk in, and no one's there to wash their feet. You know, it's customary that in whatever house you're uh, walking into at the time that they have a bowl, they have a basin, they have water, and they have a, a servant there of the household who washes the feet of those uh, that are coming in. For whatever reason, that didn't happen at this time. So they're sitting around the table, and it's not like you and I are sitting here now. We have chairs, tables that our legs are up underneath. We are sitting looking at each other eye to eye. That's not the type of setting they did right. back in this time. I mean, it, there was a good chance that someone's feet were relatively close Yum. to your general It's not just it like increase your appetite when you think about it. Listen, I am so glad that we set the way that we set yes. now to eat. But not only was there a customary snafu, I think the conversation that's taking place during this moment uh, we see in the Gospel of Luke that records that they are arguing amongst themselves yeah. about who is going to be the greatest. So in my mind, I'm just picturing Jesus kind of setting back, and there has to be such a level of disappointment here. 
I mean, you know, I just I don't see how there couldn't be. Number one, there's there's a cultural blindness to proper etiquette, and then you've got these men that are that are surrounding you that you have poured your life into for three years now, and you you see that there's flashes and moments of them getting it. But then you have moments like this. And and I think that as leaders, we can all relate to that feeling. Absolutely. But I, there just had to be this sense of disappointment. But Jesus, being the perfect servant leader, was able to get beyond his disappointment, and he just begins to wash the disciples' feet. Powerful. Oh, my goodness. And then when you factor in that he's washing the feet of Peter, who's getting ready to deny him three times. And Jesus knows this because he calls it out in this passage in John 13. But then he goes even further than that, and Judas is mm. there, the one he knows that's going to betray him. So he has this, he has one individual who is getting ready to deny, even knowing him. He's got another individual that is actually going to betray him to death, to his death. And then you have another bunch of yahoos surrounding that's arguing about, hey, I'm better than you, or I'm going to be better than you. And instead of calling that out, because that's what I would want to do. I don't know about you, but you know, I would introduce some truth. You know, one of those truths to where right before you get ready to introduce it, you you take that deep breath in, and then you just lay into them. Uh, Jesus doesn't do that, and he just begins to serve them. Uh, in a way that's so humbling that we have trouble humbling ourselves to that level. But yet here we see the Savior of all mankind humbling himself. To me, that is the perfect imagery of servant leadership, of even when people are betraying you, even when they're denying you, when they're slandering you, when they're coming against you, when they're arguing about ridiculous things that really don't matter. You serve anyhow. It's just amazing to me. The servant leadership sometimes is even to our own detriment, isn't it, Ben? I mean, you see that with Jesus, knowing full well that he's going to be betrayed um, by Judas, that um, it's not to his physical benefit to serve in this moment, but he still humbles himself. The God of the universe to serve is just incredible. You know, the dispute that the disciples were having at that moment, uh, that's a continuous theme that runs throughout Scripture, and mm-hmm. it's honestly probably a continuous theme in my life, in your life. Uh, I was reminded of another passage in Mark chapter 10 in which the disciples are again arguing among themselves, who is it that's the greatest? And Jesus comes to them with the Mark 10, 45, one of the most beautiful uh, scriptures in the New Testament. He says, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Uh, and that servant leadership, the way up with uh, Jesus is down. We're serving others, even to the point if it involves our own sacrifice uh, to our good and to our welfare. We're making more others more important. And so, thinking practically what that looks like in our life, Ben, um, you know, sometimes that involves not taking credit for things that we have done and sharing credit. And that's not always a fun thing to do, mm-hmm. is it? I think you probably feel pressure in ministry like I do. Uh, to perform and to do well and uh, to constantly have at least the appearance of I'm busy and and things are going well because I'm being busy. Um, And sometimes that means we're going to share credit that we might deserve knowing full well the glory is God's anyway. And so that's a a very important part 
of servant leadership. Yeah, that's um, you know the constant battle in in every episode from here on out. However many that is, the one thing that I almost can guarantee that we will talk about being a stumbling block is our pride. Yeah, there are so many areas that pride affects that I don't, especially within leadership, that I don't know if we really recognize or not. We were talking, Josh and I were on the treadmills this morning at the gym, and we were talking about discipling um, you know, people and, and seeing younger um, ministers, younger leaders than us that we're discipling. Uh, one of the struggles, just quite honestly and very transparently, can be when the people that you are mentoring or discipling begin to surpass you and begin to do, quote-unquote, greater things than what you're doing. You know, that that pride aspect, because we're leading people to their, you know, to fulfilling their purpose in Christ. Um, and so there's just so much of pride that takes, that we have to really fight against in being a true servant leader. Because I believe that the pride that Jesus resisted in his entire walk while, while he was here on earth um, especially in moments with the disciples of just that pride of resisting the, I am the son of God. I'm better than you. Yeah. You know, I don't deserve this. I don't need to do this. I can call down angels anytime. I can do any of this. But um, just again, just such a powerful, powerful example of of fighting off that pride. So kind of building on that, Philippians chapter 2, which honestly, Ben, might be my favorite passage in the entire New Testament Philippians uh, chapter 2 talks about Christ's willingness to humble himself. To humble himself. This is the God of the universe, the agent of creation, the one who has made everything. This is God's Son. And Philippians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul, inspired by the Spirit, says this, Adopt the same attitude as that of Jesus Christ, who, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So That's good. what it looks like yeah. to serve, to to be willing to, to put on less than you are. And in, in Jesus' case, to, to take on this form of humanity, um, to come and be with us and to serve us, his very creation that he created, who he knew was going to uh, commit sin against him and wrong him and ultimately nail him to a cross. He willingly gave himself up for their betterment. That's serving. Yeah. That's such a powerful scripture. And I, I, I love the book of Philippians just from beginning to end. But yeah, that's uh, such a powerful passage. And I think that one of the things that speaks to me the most as I was listening to you read that uh, in the realm of servant leadership, as we're talking about that, is the the fact of that he emptied himself yeah. out. And I, um, I think that my goal and what I tell my wife is that at the end of the day, I want to be completely and totally wrung out. I really do. I mean, I know that sounds strange, and there are moments that you need rest, you need to recoup, but I, I want to physically, emotionally, you know, spiritually, and not to a detrimental level, but I just, at the end of the day, I want to go, whew, you know, th- from that level of serving that I am I am wrung out. Amen. Um, and, and I think that that's, that's a necessity for it. 
So that being wrung out that you're talking about, mm-hmm. Ben, that being emptied so much of yourself because of the service that you're doing for others, what does that practically look like for us in the church? As servant leaders, maybe you're the pastor or an elder, a deacon, a lay leader of some sort, what does it look like for us to be completely wrung out because we've served others? Well, I think the first step in in that becoming an application and becoming practical in our life is that regardless of what title or what office or what calling that you hold is a realization that you you are not too good to do anything. That's good. Uh, you know, it, that doesn't mean, you know, you are not too good to clean your church. You're not too good to, um, you know, be at a place where there's only two or three people uh, that, that have asked you to come to do a prayer. You're not too good to do these things that you may see as somewhat insignificant. Now, I'm not I'm not advocating that those should be part of our everyday thing. I, you know, I don't think that that's part of our job description all the time. But, you know, as as leaders, as pastors, we need to be dedicated to God's Word, dedicating ourselves to prayer and, and, and care. But the realization that if there's something that needs to be done in my church— I need to be willing to do it because I'm not too good to do it. Uh, so I, I think that's one of the first steps in in my mind to being a servant leader is you know if there's a bunch of dirty nasty feet around me, um, I've got to realize that I'm not too good. Amen. To wash those feet. I assume there are not a lot of dirty nasty feet in your church though, right? You guys barefoot all the time. Um, you know that's one thing that I don't pay close attention to. We don't have a lot of um, foot inspection services. Yeah. Um, so I'm not really familiar with the level of cleanliness of, of my church's feet, nor am I really, really desiring to know that, to be yeah, honest with you. you. I don't blame you. So th- kind of thinking along that same line, line Ben, um, clean more tables. You know, that's one of your responsibilities as mm-hmm. pastors. People need to see you doing things like this. And it's important that you're doing this not so you would be seen as a leader, but because you're leading. Mm-hmm. That's a different thing. You're not looking to get credit because you're doing things that maybe others wouldn't do. You're doing this because you are a leader, and it's your call as as a, a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. So clean more tables. Yeah. My dad used to say, who pastored for a long time, to let leaders eat last. And I know that's not unique with him, but one of the, the, the things that your church needs to see is that you are advancing them. You're making them seem more important because they are important in the eyes of Christ. Uh, and that's our responsibility. Amen. Yeah, I, and I think that be willing, uh, as you said, to be seen yeah. uh, leading. Don't ask people to do something that you've not already done. That's good. In, in some type of capacity. It doesn't have to be a mimicking of exactly what you've done. But I think that whenever we see Scripture, I don't think that there's been a time ever that I have run across something that Jesus asks or requires or expects from us that he has not done in some shape, form, or fashion. Uh, and, and I think that that's the same with us, is don't don't expect people to do something that you're not willing to do yourself or have done already. Um, and that's not always fun, is it, Ben? Not at all. I mean, you're talking about things that, you know, it's easy for us. We've talked about pride before. It's easy for us to be swelled with pride and think, you know, I'm the guy that's standing on the stage. I'm the one that everybody sees. I'm the one that's gone to school for this. I'm the one that's has this pedigree to do this. Why is it that I'm doing this? When we get to that point, we're forgetting that Christ did that for us first, and that's mm-hmm. why we serve. Mm-hmm. That's why we serve. Yeah. I think the last thing that I'll contribute to this 
in to be an effective servant leader, keep your self-image or keep your thoughts of yourself and your position and who you are grounded in the Word of God. Don't don't get beyond the Word of God Amen. as to who you are and what your role means because if we start believing our own hype and our own press uh, and that elevated position of I am the one on the stage, I am the one with the microphone, I am I am the big show, you know, we start seeing that, then that pride becomes inflated. Keep yourself grounded as to who you are and whose you are and what you're doing and why you're doing it grounded in God's Word. Don't get outside of that. What's funny about that is our hop is never really as hop as we think it is, no, right? No. We're never as important. There's always somebody at a, a higher position than us who seems to be doing better. Our hop's never as great. So we have no reason to be to be swelled up with pride or anything like that. Uh, if I could leave the listeners with anything, it's just go do this. It's it's not that hard. Um, it's It's not always fun. But just go serve somebody. There are so many opportunities in your church. There are so many opportunities in your community to make someone more important than you. And and that's what Philippians is talking about. That's what John 13 and Mark 10 are talking about, serving others because Jesus first served us. Amen. So to wrap up this portion of our show, um, you had a quote that you shared with me a little bit earlier. I think that would be a really good thing to kind of put a bow on this portion of the discussion. I think John Stott says it best, Ben, the authority by which the Christian leader leads is not power, but love, not force, but example, not coercion, but reasoned persuasion. Leaders have power, but power is safe only in the hands of those who humble themselves to serve. So good. Amen. So good. All right, Josh, question. Yes, sir. Two-part question. Okay. For our listeners, because I know that they're dying to know. Would have to be. Would have to be. Number one, what are you listening to? Number two, what are you reading? Okay, so right now I'm listening to the Office Ladies podcast. Uh, ben, I'm a big podcast guy. We're yeah. doing a podcast yes. together. I assume that the further this podcast uh, goes along, as long as our network doesn't cancel us. Is that how that works? <laughs> exactly. As long as yep. we continue that our love for The Office, <laughs> the American version of yes. the television show, will come out more and more. And so really uh, uh, digging that um, Angela Kinsey and – Jenna Fisher. Jenna Ooh. Fisher. I know. Pam, Pam was it. never my favorite. Just lost uh, That Angela Kinsey and Jenna Fisher are doing a podcast together, going back through the Office episodes. So I just finished an episode this morning as I came in. Big fan. What I'm reading right now is a book about expository preaching called From and Before God. Uh, it's been out for about six months, and, and I got sent it by Lifeway the other day. Powerful book, and it's a reminder to us that we're not just, when we preach, we're not just preaching from the power of God we're preaching to an audience of one who is God. And so it's been a challenge to me. I know, Ben, you you love the art of preaching, and I do as well. Yes. Uh, so I'd recommend it to any of our listeners to check that one out. Amen. How about you? Good. What are you listening to? What are you reading? Well, what I am listening to right now is uh, Indelible Grace. I don't know if you're familiar with it. No, I it sounds know. made up. Yeah, it does. It does. However, how many of our listeners are. But they uh, it's a worship group. Of what they do is they take old hymns, uh, they kind of redo them, rearrange the musical structure uh, into more of a contemporary, modern type feel. Uh, so I just I love their work. I can't remember um, 
Oh, come all ye souls by sin afflicted Amen. was the last one. It's a John Wesley um, authored song back in the 1700s, uh, quickly becoming one of my favorites. And I am reading a book on John Adams, um, and that's it's more of a you know just a kind of a biography type work. Uh, really, really good. I I have love for all things history, uh, so that's that's what I'm reading right awesome. now, man. So, guys, thank you for joining us for this introductory first episode of Two Preachers Podcast, where we're just two preachers talking trying to figure this thing out. Uh, if you have questions, suggestions for later shows, we would love to hear that. We'd love to hear what you're reading, what you're listening to. Uh, you can send those to two preachers talking at gmail.com. Uh, so Josh, until the next time, I bid you adieu. Any parting words of knowledge for your uh, adoring public Clamoring fans. Two things. One, uh, I did almost just die of a calf cramp. I feel <laughs> like I need to he just did. pull the curtain behind the production <laughs> here. So thank you, Ben, for rescuing me. Uh, appreciate it. And number two, uh, go with God. Amen. Amen.